0: Hi guys, welcome to the church split. My name is Will. We have Brian with us as usual. Stuff heretics. You guys know what we do here. We help you escape your church's echo chamber, learn to think biblically, and challenge the status quo. And today we're challenging every status quo, the whole (laughs) status quo, the whole thing. Not really. People are going to make this a bigger deal than what they need to.
1: They probably will.
0: And honestly, I really don't want to deal with it, but I feel like we should because I've seen this around enough. Thank you. You guys know who you are who uh, made this clip and tried to make a big deal over it. Um... (laughs) So here's the thing. This will be a response to the gospel truth with Marlon Wilson. Uh, he and I were supposed to have a debate a while ago on total depravity. Um, he had to reschedule, and uh, now we're talking months out, and we'll see if it even happens. Um, but we were supposed to have a, a, a formal debate. Um, but with that being said, uh, I've never had anything, like, personally against Marlon. I, him and I have never had any interaction before, uh, besides uh, friendly conversations via uh, Messenger, um, It was very simple, straightforward. So I have nothing against him. So I was actually kind of surprised when this episode came out where he is responding to us on my statements on the Trinity in our episode regarding the RFP network exodus.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And me. But mostly you. And
0: well, (laughs) well, yes. um, uh, Co-host. Co-host. (laughs) um the uh that's going to become relevant here in a minute so uh before we get started go ahead like subscribe all that good stuff all right first let me hit set this up while we're doing this so after we exited the RFP network, now many of you guys know that there was um, basically slander that went on before the R- we left the RFP. Then they were like, aha, here's a statement of faith. You have to sign this. We're going to specifically word this because we know that Will and Brian being the non calvinists that they are essentially and we're going to make sure we were and Will being a Christmas Victor atonement guy, we're going to make sure we word this in a way <laughs> that they can't sign it. Uh, they deny that, but that's essentially, that is what happened. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's odd that that statement of faith sprung up what like a week after our originally scheduled kick out but they waited to be pulled on us i was like mm, okay um call me cynical but uh whatever uh honestly we've tried to just like leave rfp alone on this um despite you know some of the badgering (laughs) what
1: (laughs) we really don't care yeah
0: like exactly i'm like okay so we left we started our own network um, our numbers have never depended on being part of the RFP network. We just thought it was a cool team up. But once the network started shifting um, and that's not even the theological views, really. It's just like the attitude, the behavior, the yeah. um, a lot of that stuff, the way they treated people in RFP fam. And a lot of people who were probably in RFP fam probably don't even know about that, a lot of that stuff because it happened over DMs. And it's like, you know, I'm actually really glad
1: we're like we're out. Like, I'm really good with being associated. I'm very happy about it now.
0: Yes. So um, at the time, I was more just annoyed with the fact that it was what? a little, It felt a little like cloak and dagger like can yeah. we just be upfront about this like i'm okay with it just we don't need this whole ha ah, actually you let you chose to leave because you didn't sign the thing now we don't have to take responsibility like we don't need that like just say it it's cool i wasn't gonna be dramatic it was fine um oddly enough months later it's not us still stirring it what happened is that rfp chose to take um my statements regarding the trinity uh, uh, on Al moeller's statement and they put it on Twitter. And they did some fun edits to it. And then they also got our friends Brad and Seamus from Alternate Media, who, by the way, we disagree with on a lot. I, people seem to be missing that. But almost like that's the point of our channel, is to be able to disagree and still love each other and still think that we don't need to question everyone's Christianity just because we disagree. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then they put some of their clips in there. And then it got you know tweeted and retweeted, because it was just like basically, hey, they did. Uh, I was told I attacked the Trinity, which I didn't, and I was told also that basically we are preaching a false gospel, which we're not. Um, and basically taking that statement and running with it and not quite understanding the nuance. So, James White did a response, but I'm kind of over him after his tantrums uh, of us reviewing his horrible book.
1: Um, I mean, kudos to Marlon, his is at least. Worthy enough to respond to James White's wasn't. <laughs> yeah. James White's was so pathetic. Like, I, and he, his,
0: his responses to us have been pathetic. Like it's just that he hasn't dealt with the issue of contention. He thinks he does, but he really just speaks adjacent to it. And you're like, that's not the issue. But so Marlon Wilson put out this video. We're not going to watch the whole thing. We're just going to go through it. Cause he's dealing with Trinitarianism kind of in general. Then he uses uh me as kind of like his sounding board or like beating post on it. And keep in mind, he uses the clip. That was clearly from the one that went around on Twitter that got James White to respond. That got other people to come uh, hate on us a little bit, which is fine. Uh, it's the Internet. People can streak and have tantrums all you want. I don't care. Our opinion, your, your opinions don't matter to us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I want to talk to y'all, but I really don't care if you approve or disapprove of my views. Kind of the whole point of this. Be able to disagree with each other. So. I don't know where you got the impression that we're seeking for your validation. However, I do think that we've, and I thought about, like, do I need, should I do a clarification statement? And I haven't for months because I just didn't find it necessary. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, after like 14, like, different people, um, this, like, the third response video, I'm like, you know what, Marlon, yours was concise enough to where I'm like, I can do a response to this. And um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to respond to this, and I'm going to, Bring my argumentation as to why I don't think that one necessarily needs to affirm the Trinity to be saved. Um, Not everyone agrees with me on that, but I hope after you hear us respond, you will understand why we at least hold our position and stop considering us uh, teaching false doctrine and being heretics or whatever stupid thing. Because we say uh, what's up heretics ironically. (laughs) <laughs> we, i say it oh i'm sorry i'm sorry shut up Eric. <laughs> um all right so with that being said um there is a an, if uh, and i mean this in the most blunt way i can mean this uh you can tell somebody's level of study uh on a rebuttal on whether or not they at least know freaking people's names <laughs> so with that being said let's get started. This
2: video will be concerning um, a a YouTube ministry called Church
0: Split um, and this YouTube ministry. The Church Split. (laughs) It's like Captain Jack Sparrow. Without the, (laughs) it doesn't make sense. Anyway, sorry. The Church Split is an event. It's a thing that takes place. Bothers me whenever I hear people. Oh yeah, church split. I'm like the church split. It's
1: it's right here in the name. Right, yeah, it's, right like, right it's right. like a thing that's there, <laughs> and it doesn't
0: it doesn't make sense without the. So anyway, Marlon, you don't know. That's a pet peeve. It's a pet peeve. I hear I, my friends say church split, and I I badger them for it. So <laughs> carry on.
2: Three is hosted by an individual by the name of Will Hess. And he has a partner that's with him, but I do not know his partner's name. So um, if Church Split watches this, uh, please forgive me for not knowing your partner's
0: name. Um, You are not forgiven. (laughs) Because your thumbnail (laughs) has a picture of Brian doing this. As he talked about, it was on the episode where you talked about the life of the mother because of what you and Stacy went through. That had to be ripped straight from that page. That tells you who Brian is. It literally, Brian, by the way. hi. It literally <laughs> says his name, and you would know who Brian is as well if all you did was watch the first 15 seconds of any freaking episode we've ever done. Hi guys, my name is Will. This is Brian. So, parrotx. It's like before we respond to anyone, we always watch like 16 of their videos. So that way we at least know how they think and we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't make that argument because they clarify it here. We just try to make sure we do enough research to be able to properly respond. I don't think anyone really has <laughs> can sit there and claim they've done all their research and their study uh, to rebut somebody if you don't even know <laughs> the name of the other person. Apparently you're just not important, Brian.
1: Yeah, I honestly didn't care, but it was really funny. (laughs) It irritated me just because it's
0: like that's straight from the page. Like, I get it if you're just quickly, I guess, doing a response. Now, does the name mean, of course, someone's name doesn't necessarily mean that you don't know what you're talking about theologically. I understand that. Right. You can know all the theology, but not know their name. But I'm just saying, like, it just shows the level of interest to actually properly represent who we are and what we do by not to even scrolling through the website to at least find who you are because it's right there. <laughs> anyway, pet peeve. I wanted to make sure I get that out of the way, Marlon. You gotta look into that sort of thing because it's just <laughs> insulting. Where it's like Will Hess and the other guy who's not important. It's like, no, this is <laughs> my. We're best friends, dude. Like, and again, <laughs> website right there, picture. I don't, I don't know how else to else break that. Down. <laughs> I just, it just seems like a big swing and a miss. <laughs> All right, let's. Continue. Is that being too petty? I just find it hilarious.
1: I'm like, well, I mean, I don't want
0: to, I don't want to sound like James White with the Greg Bonson Benson, uh, uh, (laughs) controversy, but at the same time, I'm like, it's right on the page. Like at least say Brian, everyone knows how to pronounce
1: Brian. I was just like, okay, cool. My name's not even in this. It's practically just a a Will Hess response.
0: (laughs) So I expect his title on this, uh, to change from responding to Will Hess and co-host to be responding to Will Hess and, uh, Brian Bodie in parentheses, the church split. (laughs) So I demand it.
2: The last I am aware of Will Hess. And so, um, uh, I came across this video, um, and where I guess they're having some kind of theological difference with the podcast host or, uh, some sort of podcast, um, team if you will, uh, I guess church split was under the, under, under the headship or the leadership of a podcasting organization. And so this podcast organization, uh, put out a theological, um, a theological statement in where they put several mandates down. Like if you want to be a part of this, this team, you have to adhere to these rules, if you will, or these ideological, theological, uh, understandings. And so, uh, I believe church split removed themselves from that podcast organization, um, because of the theological differences. And so, um, I don't know our backstory, I'm not willing to get into the drama, but I was listening to it and I heard some really interesting things and really concerning things uh, that I need think need to be addressed uh, in some fashion. And so...
0: Okay, you don't want to get into our drama, but you gave a poor <laughs> synopsis. You <They> were never <laughs> under their headship. It was always a partnership. And we were demanded to do this because they wanted us to leave they wanted us to make... They wanted to force us to remove ourselves and that way they didn't have to say that they kicked us, see? So, if you actually watch that episode, you said you're watching the video. If you're It's actually literally watching, in that video. <laughs> in that video, we show the evidence of all of this. Like, a- again, it just shows like even the very episode you pulled this from, you actually didn't watch. You didn't look <laughs> at it. And this is what I, I talk about Christian YouTubers. Come on, guys. We got to be better. Like, if we're going to rebut one another... I'm cool with that, by the way. I'm actually really... I have... There's a few respo- uh, rebuttals I have. I had one people, uh, some small reform channel, did a really poor response to me on the atonement, and it was really, st- it was bad. Oh, like, I forgot a- about that. Yeah, real stupid argumentation. Listened to the whole thing. W- thought about responding, then realized it wasn't worth my time um, because some of it was just completely like a swing and a miss as well. Um, yeah, Christian YouTube, God to better. Um, look, Ma- Marlon, I... I- if you don't want to insert yourself in the drama probably don't show an out of context clip where we're dealing with the drama Uh, and at least watch the entire thing and know what is going on so you can give a proper synopsis to your 7,260 subscribers Um, otherwise all you're doing is creating uh, you're helping promote a false narrative so you're helping people bear false witness and on top of that you are uh, lying, essentially, to about us, uh, and I don't think that's intentional, but it is something that's a problem when, you know, a lot of things rise and fall in reputation, and I would like uh, to be represented properly. Does that make sense, Brian?
1: Makes sense to me. All right, now we're going to skip ahead a little bit because then... Yeah, he, yeah. Kinda,
0: he has a Unitarian on because we've actually watched this video. I've watched it twice. He has a Unitarian um, playing what he says, and then he does some responses to that Unitarian on what the Unitarian is saying. Um, And then he gets to my statements. Uh,
2: This video, with Will has, what this, what what this is all about. um, Once again, this is a concerning video. um, And this is uh, something that we're seeing a lot uh, lately. Um, especially in uh, other social media platforms, such as Facebook, things like that, we're seeing this thing, this is a lot, this, all this is, is going on. And so it's important that we uh, deal with these issues. Uh,
0: this is where things get frustrating. And, um, I am not an Al Muller fan. Uh, I, I call him Al doesn't, we don't know what good is Muller? Um, I took that from my friend, Jordan, um, uh, you have to look up the quote, but he says basically we don't know what good is, which is very strange since we make appeals to moral uh, moral goodness, but anyhow. But he's, they, they quote him and say, we believe in the wisdom of the theological triage as laid out by Al Mohler first level theological issues would include those doctrines most central and essential to the christian faith included among these most crucial doctrines would be doctrines such as the trinity the full deity and humanity of christ justification by faith and the authority of scripture
1: cool which was not in their five list of fundamentals by the way
0: yeah those weren't actually in the <laughs> fundamentals oddly enough these first order doctrines represent the most fundamental truths of the Christian faith as a denial of these doctrines represents nothing less than an eventual denial of Christianity itself. And I'm not going to lie. I disagree with that. Uh, like somebody such as the Trinity, the full deity and humanity of Jesus Christ, somebody cannot believe in the deity of Jesus Christ and still not deny Christianity in and of itself. Cause nowhere in scripture does say you have to affirm his deity.
2: So there's a real serious problem with what Will has just said um, that you don't have to affirm Jesus Christ deity or to be Christian or to affirm Christianity or you're less than a Christian. Now, the problem is, is that we see in scripture here that uh, in John chapter eight, verse 24 says, I told you that you will die you would die in your sins for unless you believe that i am he you would die in your sins so what is this i am he what is this ref- christ referring to here christ is certainly referring to himself being a deity um this i am is taken from the ego i me uh referring to um uh the the old testament references of yahweh um, and so, uh, if Jesus Christ is proclaiming himself to be God, and he says that, um, that if you don't believe that I am, if you don't believe that I am Yahweh, you will die in your sin, then the implications of this is clear. The implications of this is that anyone who doesn't re- uh, affirm Jesus Christ full deity and Jesus Christ full humanity
0: is outside of the Christian faith. So before I get into the rest of the argumentation where I left a comment on the video explaining some of the various issues, um, I wanted to make sure I just pointed out first our big issue of that statement of Al Mueller because it seems to have gone over everyone's head because they seem to have missed a very important wording of it. And if you're making a statement that everyone needs to sign as a representative of all our beliefs I want us to be extremely careful on how we're wording things, right? If I'm signing a document, I'm not going to sign something that's got some flippant things in it, okay? So, the doctrine, uh, the statement of faith says this first level theological issues would include those doctrines most central and essential to the Christian faith. I agree. Included among those crucial doctrines, would be doctrines such as the trinity, the full deity and humanity of Jesus Christ, justification by faith, and the authority of scripture. I disagree because I think what you should first have on here is the idea of the authority of scripture and the physical death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's a first order doctrine. Hence Irenaeus in responding to against heresies, saying that no, he's the, he, the Gnostics are wrong. So Um, that's got to be a first-level issue. I have an issue with this when it's like, yeah, I think the death, burial, and resurrection, probably the blood atonement, uh, these probably should be first-order issues to be considered Christian, not necessarily, um, you know, specifically Trinitarian dogma. Now, again, I am a Trinitarian.
1: Mm -hmm. We uh, both are. So
0: is Brian. We are Trinitarians. Just saying that when I'm giving the gospel, most people, when I hear the gospel... I don't usually hear a presentation of the Trinity. I hear a presentation of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and his blood for your sins and how he lived a perfect life as a man. Now, sometimes I hear he is fully man, fully God. Once in a while, I hear that. Or I just hear God sent his son. So then the question is, is, are those all those people who get saved in those presentations not saved? I I don't know. (laughs) We could talk about that as we go on. but notice the way it words this. He goes, these first order doctrines represent the most fundamental truths of the Christian faith. Again, it'd be the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ, and the blood atonement. That would be your most crucial thing. Because without that, you don't have a Trinity. <laughs> like you don't have you don't even have access to the Trinity or any Christian claims if you did, if it's if the resurrection itself is not the crucial point, mm-hmm. right? That's the very method by which God destroyed death was through the resurrection. But, it said, but notice the verbiage here. A denial of these doctrines represents nothing less than the eventual denial of the authority of Scripture. That was actually my big point. I was like, I feel like death, resurrection should be there, but honestly, like, I, I affirm the Trinity, and I affirm the full deity and humanity of Jesus. I justification by faith in the authority of Scripture, so I have no problem with that. right I yeah, had a problem
1: with how I was saying it leads to... Rejection of Christianity. Well, and well, we didn't... Well, we no, no not the rejection. That- the eventual denial of Christianity. Yeah. So it's like, oh, if you deny these, then eventually
0: you deny Christianity. And I was like, that seems wishy-washy. Like, do you deny Christianity or do you not mm-hmm. at that point? And also, can somebody deny those? It, like, accept the gospel as is. Somebody presents to him the Trinity later, and he thinks that's too wacky and weird. So he denies it at the time. And then over the years affirms it later.
1: That's the that sanctification mean is.
0: Right. Does, is that the eventual denial or is that the eventual affirmation of Orthodox Christianity? That was my issue. I was like, when I read that, I was like, so somebody can't deny it and eventually affirm it. Well, like, it just seems like it was like eventual. It was a yeah. very odd word there. So I didn't like it. I was just like, I don't think that's accurate. I don't think you need to um, have a full understanding of everything about Jesus Christ's nature in order to be
1: saved. Plus, the Statement of Faith had a five-point fundamental list at the beginning of which this does not sync up with, (laughs) which I thought was, like, can we at least, like, have the the five-page document be a little bit internally consistent with itself? (laughs) Right. And if you
0: do some research on the early church... um, Much too many people, uh, many Christians will deny this, but it seems pretty evident um, based on even what people suffered through in the first few centuries. In the first few decades of the church, there really wouldn't be what we call, like, it's not like we have denominations now. You have Baptists, you have Methodists. It's not like you would have like an Arians over there, and the Trinitarians over there. Um, These would just all be called Christians by the Romans and the Jews, and even the Christians themselves would consider themselves on the same side, um, because they all affirmed the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, In fact, their understanding of the machination or specific nature of everything and how that occurred would have only been an issue for those such as the Gnostics or the Docetists, uh, which is what we see the most responding to, right, the idea that Jesus wasn't fully man.
1: Yeah, they had a problem with the body, the flesh. Right. Jesus.
0: Because, again, how could something sinful or something of the flesh be perfect? And a lot of things, like that issue, so they must have spiritualized it. So that was a big issue. So that's why you have a lot of things like, it actually, in the New Testament itself, addressing his humanity, the man, Jesus Christ. Um, continually emphasizing Son of Man and the man and uh, his full, the full body. Uh, and even in, uh, uh, John, in John's literature, you see a lot of that emphasis because Gnostics were a thing at this time. So um, I think we have strong evidence in the early church that you can't deny his humanity and be saved. But I don't think you can sit there and say, because there's Arians really early on and we have Trinitarians, or at least some form of trinitarian. Now, Trinitarianism has evolved. It evolved over time because that's how doctrines work. You know, you come up with an idea, just like science, and you interact with it, you grow it, and you build on it. Some people believed that Jesus was God, uh, but they didn't believe, you know, it, the spirit, though, wasn't given the same level of a personhood. Um, so there's this, read up on it. It's really actually interesting. Uh, and so then my question is, is, then are those all those different people not saved? Like, I don't, I don't know where that line would be. Um, And I'm just not willing right now to kick people out of the kingdom for having a disagreement on a very complicated topic. Um, But anyway, let's move forward before we get I'll get it. We'll get into all of that. Um, We won't we'll get through Marlon's stuff and then we'll do a full response. Does that make does that sound fair?
1: Let's let him plead his case.
2: Now, we just had uh, a Unitarian in that of Andrew Griffin say that, well, the things that follow Christianity are are uh, uh, uh loving righteousness and not wanting to sin and things like that and that's fine and none of us would disagree with that, right? None of us would dif- disagree with that. But he also says that if I reject the Trinity and don't believe that God is one, two, three, eight people, you know, then I'm okay. And that's just simply is false because we see clear here, clearly in John chapter eight, verse 24, that Jesus says, I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am, he is you, uh, you will die in your sins unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Obviously this is the case that Jesus Christ is saying that he is God, that he is Yahweh. And so if you don't believe that you will certainly die in your sins, you will die. And if you die in your sins, that means you're outside of the, the faith. You are not one of Christ's sheep because you deny the person of Christ. So by Will Hess saying this, he is just totally outside of what what was supposed to be said. He is outside of orthodoxy with this statement. And so I'm um, challenging the status quo, Brian, (laughs) clearly a false conclusion uh, on part of Will Hess. And this is what I'm saying here is that uh, these type of teachings are going on all over the place right? Um, these, these, this idea that Christianity is not, uh, a fundamental faith or a foundational faith. Uh, Christianity is more like a philosophical decision. Uh, that seems to be the case is that it's more like a philosophical decision and, and, and scripture is not heavily weighed in the, in the understanding of, uh, of what a Christian is or what a Christian is not. Um, and once again,
0: uh, this painful, it's just a philosoph- it sounds like it's just a philosophical decision. Yes. Christianity is a philosophical decision. Even now, you are pleading philosophically. So, it's like, this is the problem with half the Reformed boys. It's like, they think that philosophy is bad when they do it themselves. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It's
1: only bad when you do it.
0: Oh. I see. Also, um, again, yes, I challenge status quo And I'm outside of orthodoxy. Um, by whose standard? The Catholic churches? Like yours, the Westminster, like, um, I don't think I'm outside of uh, orthodoxy on this. I know plenty of great conservative Christians who actually agree with me on this point. Okay. And now it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. And the reason why it makes people uncomfortable and made me uncomfortable, I actually had my mind changed by somebody. Um, who argued with me on this. I was like, non-Trinitarians are not saved." We went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he made some points that I'm also going to make today that made me change my mind afterwards. And oddly enough, I think he's more on the other side of the fence now, which is kind of funny. So <laughs> the irony. How the you tur- argued
1: too good for your position and it's then you a- both swapped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turntables. Um, but the reason why, I, I can understand why it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. I I I had I even saw Christians be like, you know, I couldn't understand why exactly I disagree with you. I just know it made me uncomfortable. I'll tell you why it made you uncomfortable. One, you've been taught your entire life. Anything otherwise is pure heresy and not Christian. Okay? Um, the other thing is, is that it's because if you truly believe Jesus is God in the flesh, to... It is very difficult to hear somebody not believe that because God is, of course, the greatest of all goods. So to deny his deity would make you be extremely uncomfortable because you are to you, you're going, you're denying God in the flesh. Um, But I think and I I see the place it's coming from, but I think it's a little misplaced. And I will explain as we go forward why I think that is. Um, But don't, don't get me wrong. I'm sympathetic to it. I understand why. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I just want to make a point from his perspective as a Calvinist, which I used to be. um, Calvinists believe that God regenerates saved Christians prior to their faith. He regenerates them, makes them alive, gives them saving faith irresistibly, and they believe. Calvinists also believe, almost all of them, maybe there's some that don't, that there are Christians that have false views of doctrine and are still saved. They would at least admit that there are saved Christians with incorrect views. And if you believe that regeneration happens solely because of God's choice and not anything of what they believe or how they believe it or what knowledge they have, then you have to accept as a Calvinist that there is a category of non-Trinitarian elect.
0: (laughs) Right so um, let's keep track of let's see what else he says
2: uh, this is typical behavior uh, when you when you deal with these these individuals or these groups or anything that that simply do not uh, understand or do not care to have a foundational understanding of what Christianity
1: is okay time out. we need to address that part excuse me Marlon <laughs> I don't understand what Christianity is no you don't have a desire to
0: <laughs> I have a four-part tr- uh, series defending the trinity on my channel i bet you didn't know that though because you don't watch any of our stuff apparently <laughs> enough to know brian's freaking name <laughs> uh,
1: that that was i think that was an unintentional character attack that it, i don't i think he just accidentally said it didn't make any sense based on what else he was yeah talking it's
0: like about. Uh, no i have a pretty solid understanding and a pretty big desire to to have deeper understanding Perhaps, actually, if you studied this very topic out yourself a little bit more and got out of the Ch- Calvinist echo chamber, you might actually understand where other people are coming from when they go, ooh, I don't know if I can make Trinity a, the Trinity a standard for salvation. Um, now, granted, even my own uh, seminary president disagrees with me, by the way. He, when <laughs> I, uh, he, he commented uh, when I uh, asked about this. Um, so... I know i disagreed with but i also know many that agree so um but yeah i just that was a character attack that was a little bit of a low blow which is why i'm being a little snarky now um (laughs) i have a hard time not being snarky when people just are like oh no yeah this is like these these people man who just don't study they don't care to and don't care to know what christianity is really about if you really think that christianity is only about the doctrine of the trinity bro i'm sorry you have that shallow of an understanding of Christianity. And that's not a progressive Christian, by the way, like, oh, man, get on my social justice diary. I'm just saying, like, it's more than that. Like, uh, again, a, a death, burial, and resurrection being a big one. <laughs> and again, just- Trinitarian, I believe God is triune, uh, that Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. Um, but I just don't think that this is a good representation.
1: That's interesting that he says that just because of your view of other Christians.
0: <laughs> right. Like it's my view of other people being saved or not. Like, and that was my thing. I'm like, are they less Christian? Are they not saved? Cause that's what I'm saying colloquially. Like when I say, are they less Christian? I'm saying, are they less saved? Because that's what a Christian is. is someone who is saved. Right. So, um, which is a very Western language to use, but, um, <laughs> like, like, are they less saved or, or less Christian than me? Uh, no, I don't think someone who is less saved because they have a different intellectual understanding of the very complex nature of our God I'm not willing to do that You can go ahead, that's fine But I'm just not going to And I'm not going to be bullied into it either In fact, I'll probably just double down Because that's what I do You?
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to laugh This is hilarious <laughs> And so it's been this way for Who knows, for a very long time Biblically speaking Going back to the, uh, the, the original apostles uh, This has been a belief Foundational belief uh, That God is triune And if you deny that then you're going to die in your sin. Simple as that. So
0: that takes Unitarians completely out of the picture of being... Where is that in the Bible? Where is that in the written written apostles? That you have to acknowledge God is triune to be saved. Besides, you're out of context, John chapter 8. Don't worry, we'll get to it. That's nowhere in there. (laughs) In fact, uh, I I was going to get to this later, but even when Peter was asked, who do you say that I am? He said, you are the Christ, son of the living God. He didn't say you are... The Son of God,
1: equal the second person both, of the Trinity, second person of the
0: Trinity, <laughs> equal in both humanity and deity and in glory um, and nature. Like he didn't say anything like that.
1: It would have been helpful if he did.
0: Yeah, that would have actually clarified a lot <laughs> of the debate uh, around this topic amongst uh, various Christian groups. So, um, yeah, uh, saying that's a that. The, that the early apostles were triune. Um, I think actually there is a large group of them who were still confused on the deity of Jesus and the nature of Jesus, which is why I think we see that debated in the early
1: church. Do you want to address John eight? Because I think he's going to switch to Ephesians here in a minute. Oh, John
0: chapter eight. Uh, I could read the entire passage. I'm sure. All right. So John chapter eight. Um, he, it, you know, when you hear that, unless you believe that I am or I am He. Um, you will not be saved, essentially. Uh, when you hear that, uh, just out of context, you go, wow, there it is. It's an open, de- open, shut case. However, I'm going to read John chapter 8, starting from verse 12. And I think you'll understand a little bit more of what Jesus is saying when he says, I am he. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not fo- walk will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are blessed, You are bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. She has answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I, uh, where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge n- no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Now notice this. If you're not a Trinitarian or you're questioning the Trinity, you're going to notice like, oh, but the Father who sent me. So you're going to be taking this more like Jesus is not God in the flesh. Okay. Uh, again, I think there's answers to this, but I just let you know if we're doing a plain reading of John chapter eight. Right. Okay. So in your law, it is written that the testimony of the two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. They said to him, "Therefore, where is your father?" Jesus answered, "You know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also." These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Couple of things: if you're a Trinitarian, you go, "Oh my gosh, you know, if you didn't know the Father, you don't know me because I, I and the Father are one, like in the same essence, right?" If you're not a Trinitarian, though, or you're struggling with understanding this, you're going to go, where's you, you know, if you knew me, you knew my father, you would know me. So, in other words, like, if you were truly following God, you would accept me as Messiah. You could take that as well. So, um, and again, Trinitarian, I could just see people like, he's attacking the Trinity right now. Oh, my gosh. No, I'm just saying that. I don't think John chapter 8 this is quite saying what you're trying to make it say. just what i have been telling you from the beginning i have much to say about you and much to judge but he who sent me is true and i declare to the world what i have heard from him so he says he's the bread of life he says uh no so he says that he is sent from god that, son of man Yeah, the son of man we see you know hey if you reject him so unless you believe i am he as an as long as if you don't believe I am the one who is sent from God, that's what he's saying in the context here, then you will not. Then you will die in your sins. So if basically, if you reject me as Messiah, he's not saying about his deity. The problem is people see I am, and they think he is saying some sort of statement like I am that I am. Uh, we see more of that statement when Jesus is more on trial, a closer like statement there. Um, and this is the problem. Most Christians. Uh, that's why I have a four-part series on it. And I think I almost want to redo it because our that was when we were still building this. And it was terrible quality, <laughs> really bad quality. I want to redo it. Um, most Christians are terrible at defending the Trinity, which is why Jehovah's Witnesses prey on Christians. Because most Christians are like, oh, Trinity, Trinity, then the Jehovah's Witness gets in there, shows them the distinctions of this passage, something like John chapter 8, and the Christian goes, oh my goodness, I've been reading this wrong. Because you're reading everything through a Trinitarian lens that you're not seeing some of the distinctions, and you're inserting the Trinity maybe where it's not, and by maybe ignoring the best places to prove it. Um, One of the best ones is John chapter 1. John chapter 1 is a great example of Jesus' deity. Um, it's really hard to get around that statement, um, around John chapter one. And I know people who do, and I know their explanations. Um, another part is the worship that Jesus receives in revelation. Um, yeah. it, that's such high reverence uh, for Jesus. So, but picking out places where it just talks about him as Lord or saying, I am he basically who was sent. Those aren't your strong Trinitarian cases and nor is it. And if he's saying that this is what makes you die in your sins, then it's just simply saying that denying Jesus as Messiah will make you die in your sins. And so that's what Jesus is getting at here. If you don't believe I'm Messiah, you're going to die in your sins. That's kind of what more of what would be an accurate representation of what is
1: said in the book of John. Well, I want to draw a distinction, too, because we're trying to look at and say, what does Scripture say you have to profess, no, believe, to be saved? Correct. And we think it's pretty plain. Repent and believe in him. Christ as the Messiah, who has the ability to save you from your sins, has bode- bodily death, burial, and resurrection. Yes, and I think when you point to Scripture, now he's trying to use this as an example. Of this is what you have to believe, but I think he's wrong. Um, but if you point to Scripture, that that clearly shows, in most Trinitarians, my opinion, that the Trinity is is true. That Jesus is fully God and fully man, part of the Godhead then that that's cool. That's that's examples of things that as you're part of sanctification, building your understanding and your greater fullness of knowledge of him and building that relationship with Christ. But that isn't an example of what is required for salvation. There's knowledge that's in scripture that isn't necessarily part of the salvific process. I used this example with someone earlier this week and I said you could say, one could say, well you have to know that God rescued the Israelites from Egypt in order to be saved. You go, well, it doesn't actually say that's a requirement of salvation, but I agree that that is plainly stated in Scripture. Those are two different categories.
0: Right. What is clearly stated in Scripture, was clearly exegeted from Scripture, is different than what is required for salvation. That's the point. Exactly. And that's what I'm getting at here. Uh, John chapter 8 isn't making the distinct claim that he is saying, which is namely you have to affirm the Trinity to be saved. It's not what Jesus is saying. He's saying you have to affirm him as Messiah. And that is a, the continual theme. You have to recognize him as Messiah, who died and buried and rose again for sins. That is the main crux. Read any of, uh, part of it. Actually, it's interesting because in Matthew 19, the rich young ruler goes to Jesus, hey, what must I do to be saved? And he says nothing about his deity, actually. He goes, why do you ask me what is good? There's only one who is good. Uh, Unitarians would actually say that he say God, not him, say so he's not God. Like you see where they can go. And this is the problem. Most people have no idea how Unitarians or uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or anyone else read these scriptures. So when they get cornered with one, they get blindsided. They go to all their favorite passages that they've been reading through a Trinitarian lens and not realize that that doesn't quite say as strongly as you want it to say. So you need to find stronger passages. Uh, I think (laughs) Titus two thirteen is another great example, though, of a strong case where it says, you know, our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, And I do know there's Trinitarian work around. I mean, Unitarian and non and like oneness, other oneness Pentecostals, and other ways that they explain those passages, but. Again, I know I'm dealing with a hot-button topic here, so I'm not expecting anyone to agree with me. I'm actually expecting our subscriber count to plummet and us to get canceled, but here we are. (laughs) Um, And finally, uh, when Jesus was arrested in Mark 1, 14, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee. Sorry, John, when John was arrested. Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. So very simplified gospel here that Jesus is giving. The gospel is the new kingdom that is coming. It is near. Repent and believe the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So again, this and even Paul brings up uh, in his own books, like I didn't come with all this fancy wording, this fancy writing, this fancy philosophy. I came to you with a very simple message and um, and I don't care who you are. The Trinity is not simple. The Trinity is something that's very difficult to explain, so I think we are uh, in our zeal for the Trinity sometimes we can create unnecessary roadblocks. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and that happens with a lot of other parts of doctrine too, right? We've seen it even with King James Only. That's with their zeal to to be so reverent to Scripture that they put one translation on a pedestal. And add to what scripture says without any scriptural evidence of that idea. So
0: I. Right. And then they use the argument well, to believe in any other Bible is to believe in a different word of God entirely, which is exactly what people do if, like, someone is a oneness Pentecostal. Well, to believe in a oneness Pentecostal is to believe in an entirely different Jesus completely. It's a similar argument, and I don't think it's a good one.
1: I just think we're so lucky at this time to have the, a complete, in one bound book the Holy Scriptures. We have 2,000 years of church history and people pontificating and contemplating all these ideas that are portrayed, putting names to them and defining them, and, and we get all the benefit of that debate and dialogue. So we go, yeah, Trinity, duh. But it wasn't always that obvious, and I don't think we can look at a lot of these early church fathers who didn't believe exactly the same Trinitarian belief we have, or didn't believe in Trinity at all, and go, well, they weren't saved, or take the stance that somehow, as time has progressed, the bar has been raised by God. for Well, actually, now it's here, 21st century, that this is the bar to be saved. Back in the first century, well, they're still confused. So down here. I don't think the bar has changed over time either.
0: Right. And I don't think it's one of those things where... Um, we'll get into some of the other stuff uh, but let's quickly just finish up Marlon here and then we'll just kind of Orthodox. Just that
2: takes it. anyone out of the pit anyone that denies Christ as being God anyone that denies Christ full humanity and full deity out of the picture of being Christian okay so it's not just this idea where Andrew Griffin said that uh, love righteousness, hate sin, you're a Christian no, that simply isn't the case right we all follow that, we all understand that but there are other things that come along with that and so we should take those things into consideration as well okay
0: now it does it make it clear that he is I think so yeah. oh yeah but does it mean that someone's less Christian for it um because they are because actually if you listen to Unitarians they actually have various reasons for what they believe mm-hmm. and they have ways to deal with those pro- those other proof texts which we demonstrated
1: and again you know some of you when you're six or seven years old and you're like yep I I'm saved now and and did they believe that Jesus was fully God and fully man? I don't know if they would be able to articulate that. Right. Well,
2: knew- and it doesn't matter if they would be able to fully articulate it. We understand, once again, this is foundational stuff here. This is not stuff that's new. This is foundational stuff that we...
0: It doesn't matter if they could articulate it. it doesn't matter if they could articulate it.
1: It just matters that they believe it. <laughs> I would say that those are one the same, except unless you have some inability to really communicate, I think... You should be able to articulate what you believe. And this if is you why. Believe it.
0: This is why I say the position is not is actually when you start analyzing it, it sounds good because you're like, "Ooh, Orthodox Christianity, yeah," and you're all gung ho. You know, you're like, "Hey, you know, let's put on our Templar gear and go to war." <laughs> um, but when you actually start analyzing, you're like, "I don't know if that holds up." Also, he says like a denial. I just want to quickly make sure I address this. A lot of people are going, "Well, I think there's a difference between somebody misunderstanding the Trinity and denying the Trinity." But the problem is with that is that a lot of people deny the Trinity because they misunderstand the Trinity. So it's a nonsensical argument as well. Is a difference between misunderstanding and denial. No, there's not. Most people deny things because they misunderstand things. right? And some people deny things because they have good reasons to deny things. But they're not really that different. <laughs> to try to make that distinction does not help. Um, I know many Christians who... I actually know Christians who became Unitarian because um and Brad is Seamus and I'm talking about you so <laughs> I know you're gonna probably watch this um I know a Christian who became a Unitarian and it's just he had a really poor understanding of the trinity so he became Unitarian later and he basically always believed modalism uh, which we'll talk about more as we go forward but my point is here is that people deny things that people deny that which they misunderstand and that they deny things that they do understand I don't think you can sit there and make that distinction that easily. I, I he didn't make that distinction as just want, I saw that that was a thing that people brought up to us and I wanted to make sure I addressed it.
2: We understand how the Trinity works in our salvation, right? And so just to be able to not fully articulate what the Trinity is or how we get to the Trinity or how we explain the Trinity, should I say, uh, doesn't mean that the Trinity is obsolete and the Trinity doesn't mean anything because I can't articulate it as a nine-year-old
0: or an eight-year-old or no one's saying it's obsolete. Who's saying it's obsolete?
1: I'm just saying it's not necessary for salvation. (laughs) It's obsolete to you because you don't care.
0: (laughs) It's just so (laughs) aggravating because it's like this is, and every single person that's responded to us has responded in this way. Um, And I hate to say it. Not not
1: all. There's been some that have been gracious.
0: That's true. That's true. I apologize. You're right. You're right. Sorry. I apologize. Boo-boo. You all are correct.
1: (laughs) Um, but a lot of people have responded to
0: us, and this is what and I hate to put credence to what uh, a friend of mine said, uh, which was that oftentimes Trinitarians argue like leftists.
1: Ooh, that hurts.
0: Yeah. Because they just shame you. They just kick you out. They don't address your arguments. And then they, they set up fake straw men the entire time, not actually address the point of contention. And it's funny because I was like, Really? I don't know, because maybe maybe I've taken for granted that I've had this more robust understanding of it, because you and I were put to the test really quickly in my ministry with each other, right, when I was at door and you came there, and then suddenly you threw a Jehovah's Witness at me, thanks. Um, (laughs) That was fun, though. It was fun. Uh, But, like... (laughs) We studied hours in Jehovah's Witnesses for that. Hours, man. (laughs) So once I figured out, like, once I realized that, I think I started kind of realizing... um, where the confusion was due. that was actually one of the most beneficial conversations i have ever had yeah. because i started realizing where the confusion was happening but anyway i don't i don't want to get too far into this so just it's just one of those things where it's like oh yeah just because they can't fully articulate it or explain it doesn't mean that it's uh, you know obsolete well no one said it's obsolete but here's what's funny if you can't articulate it and you can't explain it but you explain, expect someone to affirm it for salvation you're in a really weird position there like, oh, yeah, well, you can't, you don't have to articulate it. you just have to affirm it. So I'm not supposed to be able to understand anything enough to be able to remotely articulate it. So why the gospel is actually pretty simple. Death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ
1: for your sins. I can just hear, that's modalism, Patrick. That's modalism, Patrick. As he tries to ask the, the seven-year-old to articulate the Trinity, which they can articulate, but they must believe, but they can't articulate it. <laughs> a seven-year-old.
2: You know so the the, that is irrelevant to the subject matter the point is is that we understand as christians as belief as believers uh that the trinity is at work every person of the trinity is at work in our salvation who said it wasn't so we need to make sure that we understand that and yes we could probably do a better job at articulating the trinity to our kids or things like
1: i find it funny that a calvinist said that the the full Godhead is at work in our salvation and we have to understand that. I thought it's no work of man whatsoever, guys. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand this is what you have to do in order to be irresistibly elected.
0: <laughs> no, finding a consistent Calvinism is impossible. You know that. Their very system Just, collapses on itself. That but was funny. anyways, i let him keep going. <laughs> then teach
2: them what the is Trinity funny. is all about. But once again not being articulated does not say therefore the trinity is not important and therefore didn't the trinity is not foundational to being a christian didn't say that okay either. um so and you know that's that's just a simple fact uh, of the matter and so fact, what i want to do now is i want to point to the scriptures that shows that the trinity is at work in our salvation and so and this is why it's important for us to hold to the trinity in our salvation and So this idea that you have to believe in the and be able to articulate the Trinity in order to understand uh, to be a Christian is false. It's completely false because we understand as Christians uh, that our salvation is inherently um, found in the Trinity. And so, yeah, at some point when you get older, uh, when you mature, you'll be able to say, you know what, this is a Trinity. I have a eight year old who could probably tell you. So when
0: you get older. (laughs) you can say this is a Trinity, but when you're younger, you can't, or maybe you're not able or I fully understand. So, or you're not saved as a young, when you're younger, you see the problem of making the, <laughs> the Trinity, uh, this whole like level of, Oh, you need this to uh, to be saved at all. There it is. You just, he just a with us. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Can we stop this? T- this and Marlon's been canceled. Sorry. Uh, sorry. and also, um, so basically guys, we did skip ahead there. He goes through Ephesians one. Um, gets a lot of his Calvinist garbage. Um, Then he gets, uh, he explains like when it talks about like the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, different parts interacting with salvation. No one says that the Father, Son, Holy Spirit has nothing to do with salvation. Um, Even not, Unitarians wouldn't even deny that. So again, to sit there and say that's the Trinity uh, at work in salvation. Though you're not wrong, it doesn't really address the problem that we're talking about here. Because they agree that there is a Father and a Son and a Holy Spirit. They just define the nature of those things a little bit differently. And you have to understand where those differences are in order to be able to properly respond to them. Then the other issue here um, is the fact that, do I need to understand how the Trinity saves me in order to accept the fact that they have saved me? I didn't. When I started my life to Christ at 17 years old, I didn't understand how all that worked. I just took it as the faith of a child and grew in my learning and understanding as time went on.
1: I think we really understand what faith of a child is. It's, it's just it's this, this eager, willing acceptance of truth, of Christ, this understanding of their sinful state, their slavery to sin, and this ability to be saved from it through the Messiah. And it's so beautiful, and it—you don't have to. You can say, "Oh yeah, well, God, the Messiah was able to do that because the Messiah is God, and no man could do that." I agree, but when we get into all the details, the mechanics of it—that's not—that's not faith like a child. Childs don't go, "Well, let me let me read uh, the peer-reviewed article on that first before I accept that as truth." That's not how a child thinks. They kind of hold these paradoxes and contradictions in their mind intention or even don't even think about it they just go yeah that makes sense i believe and they're saved and i think that's that's awesome and i think when we we add all these strings we're thinking like adults we're like okay but adults we want to see all this stuff right and this gets us all confused. Sometimes we see atheists going, oh, but what about this? And I didn't have this question answered by my pastor 10 years ago. So now I can't be a Christian anymore. Like we see that as adults and it's, it's problematic. And that's why Christ says to have faith, like a child, the Trinity, to be quite honest with you. Um,
2: and she may not go into death and, and into uh, great death of death of the, the understanding of the Trinity. Uh, but nonetheless, she can explain it and she could tell you what the Trinity is. But we see here in ephesians chapter 1 verses 1 through 13 how the working of the triune relationship is is it works in our salvation and how we come to faith so there's a biblical understanding of the trinity in our salvation and so this individual once again i forget his name um is wrong he's completely wrong and once again this idea, this idea that, oh, because you can't explain the Trinity, therefore it's not a big deal. Uh, so it seems that he's implying here, um, creates false world, false believers, uh, false converts. And so a Unitarian listening to Will has.
0: So Brian, did you say it was no big deal? No. <laughs> Weird. Have we spent hours arguing with our Unitarian friends on this topic? Yes. <laughs> so it's a big deal.
1: And Jehovah's Witnesses.
0: <laughs> Funny. Now, uh, remember, uh, you, his daughter might not be able to fully articulate it and tell you all the ins and outs of what it is, but she could tell you what the trinity is and explain <laughs> it to you.
1: Did you I, all? Did you hear that? Did you hear that part? Or I it's think like, his daughter might be able to explain this better than he is.
0: Yeah, it's like that's both sides. That's out of both sides of your mouth, bro. Like. You can't have it both ways. And this is why I eventually, over time, I was like, you know what? I don't actually think it's necessary for salvation, especially when I started looking at the salvation passages and what they were really kind of getting at. I was like, oof. Ooh, I think I was adding to the gospel more than anything. Yikes. And I'm not a progressive Christian either, not just trying to open the kingdom to anyone, Um, just trying to be as biblically honest as I possibly can be. So, um, and honestly, I owe a lot of that to uh, some um, of the... People I've argued and debated with. So, whatever. But anyway,
2: and his partner were certainly believe that they're Christian. Where the fact is, is that the Bible clearly teaches that uh, if you deny Jesus Christ's deity, if you don't believe that he is, that he is the I am, you would die in your sins. Um, if you listen to Will Hess and his partner, that understanding, that scriptural truth is not truth, um, it's not foundational. And so Unitarians will go die, will be dying in their sin because they're listening to guys like Will Hess that says that oh, it's not an important thing. And so, um,
1: okay, it
0: That's is nec- it is not necessary for salvation. I did not say it's not important. It's like saying that is like saying that soteriology is not important. That's a ridiculous claim and it's a stupid accusation. <laughs> um, maybe we should learn not to equivocate.
1: So, um, and did you notice too when he he. Requoted his John 8 reference. He uh-huh. ad, he had to add to it to make it sound clear.
0: Right. He, he changed it to say, unless you believe that I, that I am the I am. Like
1: if it he, said that, I agree with you. It sounds like that is the basic knowledge for salvation. And I completely changed my my opinion on this. Right.
0: But that's not, we already read John 8 <laughs> in context, and that's not what it says. So, Marlon, you're stretching. Um, all right. So let's let me get into the actual part. My actual thought process here. Uh, I promise I would, and this is it. We're not going to get into the rest of his video. Um, it's a lot of similar stuff, and it'll just annoy me. So uh, <laughs> you laugh at it. I just get annoyed with it because I don't. I, I we really do try to represent people properly, right? Yes. Like it's just one of those things where you're like, dude, I never said that. Like I never said it wasn't important. I mean, you could say it. Is Will saying this is not as important? I don't know. He doesn't say that, but. Maybe that's what he's implying here. You could say that perhaps, and then I could give a clarification statement and we'd be cool. Um, but just saying as blatantly as you are is not very helpful. But here's the thing. Is the Trinity necessary for salvation? Well, then my next question is, okay, great. All right. Which which type of Trinity? Like specifically what articulation of the Trinity? Because there's different articulations of the Trinity. Um, so uh, how do you define the Trinity? Personally, Um If you were to explain the Trinity, how would you explain it? I want you guys to think about that, all you listeners. How would you explain the Trinity? Because many Christians, when you explain it, they will explain something like modalism, which means that God's operated different modes, that they're not distinct persons, right? They'll explain something like Arianism, that, oh, well, Jesus is like, he comes from God, but he's like, he comes from out of God, and, you know, he's his son, but he's God, you know, like God kind of splits his essence or something. Well, then they get some weird form of Arianism. I've talked to many, many Christians. who have been Christians for years who hold some strange views are not very good at articulating the Trinity. Well, if they're not good at articulating the Trinity, that means that they don't aren't very good at understanding the Trinity. Because if you can't articulate it, you don't understand it. Because it means that a lot of Christians aren't saved. Because a lot of them can't properly articulate it. They have a poor understanding of it. And does that mean that the... They're not saved. or um, And even if you explain that they're, oh, well, they're three persons in one being, all equal in essence, but they're not one another. Uh, you explain that to people and that could get where people are like that doesn't sound right. That sounds way too weird. What does that mean? Suddenly they're not saved. Like, this is why it's silly.
1: Uh, but let's talk about an early church controversy well, here. one thing real quick, too. Oh. Like, even like his John A. reference, okay, let's say it's exactly how he said it is that only addresses two of the three people, persons of the Trinity. Right. It doesn't actually address the Holy Spirit. So there's different church heresies over the years that have had different opinions on the Holy Spirit too. So is it, is it just that Jesus is, is God, divine? Do you have to believe the entire Trinity? Like what? once you get into this, this extra piece, you add a lot of ambiguous understanding and, and now you really have to pick and choose outside of scripture even farther, what is the threshold for salvation?
0: Right, like the filioque uh, controversy in the early church. Um, filioque uh, is Latin for from the sun. And this controversy, and by the way, I'm going to do a lot of reading here. So if I'm looking down a lot, just so you guys know, I want to make sure I'm saying what I would need to say. This controversy was uh, was instrumental in the Great Schism That's what the Roman Catholic Church with the Eastern Orthodox Church in AD 1054. Okay. It began with the controversy of the Nicene Creed, and the Nicene Creed states, and we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of, of life. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. So it says this about the Holy Spirit, right? The debate that arose after the creed was, was written is, does the Holy Spirit proceed from the Father and Son, or does it just proceed from the Father? I would defer to you to this following uh, graph to kind of give you an idea of visualization of what they're talking about. So the question really was, does the Holy Spirit come from out of the Father or the Father and the Son? The debate stormed for many years, and there were many positions in the nature of the Holy Spirit. They all agreed it was from the Father and something from God himself, but they couldn't quite figure out exactly the nature uh, and how it fit with the rest of the Trinity. Now, if this sounds familiar, it's because it should, because the early church had a similar controversy on the nature of Jesus. So if we're saying that you have to affirm the Trinitarian, uh, the Western Trinitarian idea, right? Not the Eastern, because Eastern denies the filioque. They believe the Spirit only comes from the Father. Um, If you're saying that you have to have a perfect understanding of the Trinity to be saved, then either the Eastern Church is all going to hell, or the Western Church is all going to hell, because somebody also misunderstands the nature of the Spirit. Oops. Oops. So that doesn't make sense. Um, And then also keep in mind, as Brian said, you're raising the bar continually for salvation of what the Bible says. Likewise, many people struggle with what it means to be the son of God. What does that exactly mean? Well, if I ask most people, what does it mean to be the son of God? They would say to be his son (laughs) in a very literal sense. Right. Right. so what was Jesus alluding to when he was calling himself that? After all, even when asked about his own nature to his disciples, his, his disciple Peter said, I believe you are the Christ, which is Messiah. I believe you are the Messiah, son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. So, son of God and Messiah. That's not necessarily a deity claim. See, And people, a lot of times, say, well, with the, in, in the idea of the first century Jew, you know, to be a son of somebody meant to be, like, them in essence. And I'm like, that's a bit, of a, it's a bit of a stretch there to pull, like, a smicha kind of understanding of that. Um, or it could just mean I am his son, right? So, anyway... So Peter's answer here again is that you are the Messiah, son of the living God. To be a son in the first century context doesn't mean necessarily a replica or same, as a, same in being in nature, as I mentioned. It could also mean to be a literal biological son. It could mean a spiritual son or successor because uh, Paul calls Timothy his son in the faith, right? Uh, it could also mean something like an heir or an inheritor. Uh, so Jesus didn't say you have to necessarily understand his deity to be saved. In fact, most of his miracles, look back at his miracles when he, caught pe- when he was helping people. Um, he would usually compliment them on their faith in the Father or in God or maybe even in him and say something to the effect of, go and sin no more. Your sins are forgiven you. Did that person, did it say that that person ever affirmed the Trinity? Actually, probably not, because they just ran across them in the road, right? Like most of these people are beggars who've only heard this the, the legend of this Jesus guy and merely hear that he finally says, Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. <laughs> wow, that's pretty powerful. Now I understand that only uh, that we would say that only God can forgive sins. Again, I agree, but there's it doesn't mean that there's not other reasonable answers that people can have of those as to why they misunderstand that or why they dis- think differently than that, right? Well, we believe that. Did they? That's the question, right? <laughs> what? Did we believe that? Yes. Did they? Right. We don't know. Right. Um, so in fact, I have a hard time with this as well. As it's clear in the Old Testament, saints didn't believe in the Trinity, right? And so then you're saying, again, God raised the bar. And that's what the, the excuse is usually, well, progressive revelation. So the God holds you to progressive revelation. So my next question is usually something along the lines so are you saying that God judges you based on the revelation that you have available to you? Oops. (laughs) Like, well, yeah, I'm like, welcome (laughs) to Romans 2 inclusivism. (laughs) Bam. Uh, (laughs) So the question is for me, if God's being is incomprehensible in his essence, if we can quote Aquinas here, this clearly means our human minds are extremely limited in our understanding of who he is. Then does one have to have a perfect Intellectual understanding of God's perfect, holy, eternal, and infinite, and even triune nature to be saved. No. um If that's the case, then we also say open theists aren't saved because they don't believe in a the omniscience the same way, right? Because they don't they don't have a perfect understanding of the nature of God. Sorry, my open theist friends. I'm not saying that you're you're wrong. I'm just giving an example that Calvinists. Calvinists think you are? What Calvinists <laughs> think, yeah, because I've heard Calvinists call you all heretics. I don't think you are. You know that. We're buds. I love you. Um, so the Trinity uh, is a very tough concept. This is something that we all have to just come to terms with. It is a tough concept, and when it was actually starting to be articulated more and more in early church history, it's a very radical idea that three persons can be in one being and all perfectly God and in essence. Like, that is wow, that, is, that would be a difficult concept. But think about it. These theologians had to wrestle that for a while. How do we even explain this? How is Jesus divine? <laughs> so for many of which, uh, is this is why they struggle, uh, many people struggle to define it. Others have found it so difficult, they've even abandoned, abandoned the Trinity for different forms of Arianism, that Jesus proceeded from the Father. Um, just like the uh, Eastern Orthodox deny the filioque that the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Son. If you read about the Arian and the Trinitarian controversy, we're going to leave a link in the description below um, just to get you guys rolling on it. But if you read about the Arian and Trinitarian controversy in the early church, it was pretty hotly debated as well. Arians were afraid. Now get this, understand this. Arians were afraid of worshiping a man as God and committing idolatry and therefore violating monotheism. Okay, so we're all like, oh, Arians are evil. Well, hold on. That, they have their reasons. They're like, okay, I don't want to worship Jesus as God. Even if Jesus is God and I'm just worshiping the Father, um, that seems at least safer than worshiping someone who is not God, right? So their whole idea is like, hey, I might not fully understand your nature, but if at least I can pray to the Father, I know I'm being prayed. <laughs> I know I know at least I'm not committing idolatry. <laughs> um, I'm just maybe not acknowledging you as that, but that's because this nature is confusing, so I'm just worshiping God. So their whole thing was they do not they want to violate monotheism, and they thought to worship another person um, or being as God would be to violate monotheism and commit
1: idolatry. Which sounds like a lot of Protestantism, where they go, I'm so worried about committing this sin or this, this malfeasance of doctrine that I'm going to put my fence here so that I don't accidentally sin. Right. That's essentially what same idea that they're trying to do, just with Jesus' nature. Right. And Trinitarians were afraid of not worshiping Jesus as God
0: and thereby ignoring his deity and committing idolatry. Also. Also thought- a very <laughs> valid, good reason, right? Like, like I, I, I listened to this, and I'm like, man, I'm just glad I didn't have to be in the early church and pick a side, right, and fight this out. The church is pretty split, and if you read how everyone was forced to sign the document at Nicaea, or lose their position in the church, you can get actually some kind of bully vibes <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, by the way, all these people not Christians anymore, even though we totally considered them Christians beforehand and even invited him to a Christian council to debate this. <laughs> um, hey guys, history is written by the victors, right? So, <laughs> um, and by the way, I'm a trinitarian, so I, I I like the facade that I like that being on that side, but um I feel like we could have better tactics, but anyhow, uh, e- although even so, there are some people who signed the Nicene Creed, by the way, um, who did not agree with it, but they just did it and they continued to teach Arianism in the church. Um, also, uh, even the signing of the Nicene Creed and the establishment of it didn't wipe out Arius and his followers. Others still held to it abroad and within the church, but just kept the document uh, signed the document to keep their positions. What's even funnier is the Trinity wasn't even defined at Nicaea the same way Christians define it today. Oops. Like most <laughs> Christians, it developed in greater and greater detail. The point of Nicaea was primarily to bring peace to Rome because Rome and all of its conflicts. Well, now you have Christians fighting over the nature of Jesus. So the whole point was to, hey, we need to sc- reach a conclusion. We don't want any more conflict. So was Jesus the same being in essence of the father or was he subordinate to the father? And you guys might think of some passages with Jesus where he comes off subordinate to the Father. Then there's other areas where it sounds like he did not find himself robbery to be equal with God, right? So there's a lot of, you can see where people could have issues, right, with struggling. with This, this is why the Trinity, as we define it today, is very radical because it's like, oh, kind of deals with all those issues, <laughs> um, right? And I that would be difficult to define. So if you dig into this further, and since the Holy Spirit's role wasn't as clearly defined as Jesus was in the Nicene Creed, like, because the Nicene Creed defined Jesus as very God of very God, which essentially uh, same being in essence, right? So um, later in Constantinople though, the creed in 381 AD uh, says that we believe in the Holy Ghost. Uh, oh yeah, so the original Nicene Creed by the way, the original Nicene Creed, only says of the Holy Spirit uh, this, that we believe in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and in the Constantinople uh, Creed, it elaborates uh, with a prepositional phrase by saying, uh, we believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord and giver of life who proceedeth from the Father, who, was, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. So we have a little bit more of an adding to clarify the role of the Holy Spirit and, how, and the triune nature of him. So we see that there's a difference between the Nicene Creed and the Constantinople Creed on what they wanted to flesh out. And because there was a debate, remember I mentioned that was what caused the Great Schism um, on the Filioque. So dig further in the Council of Nicaea and what you have are people truly concerned with how to keep Jesus's divinity while also being committed to monotheism, which is actually a very noble goal. Yeah. So does that mean all those people weren't saved? That disagreed? Or were they actually just trying to be Bereans and really trying to dig this out? You robbing them of salvation is kind of ridiculous. Uh, luckily, it's not up to you. So. Um, also, were all those before and during this event not saved? Or what, were they all just, you know, again, being Bereans? Um, that they were researching a vital topic. One believed Jesus was God in the flesh, equal in glory, majesty, and substance of the Father. The other believed the Son proceeded from the Father and was a divine Son. And of course, some will object to this and say, to not worship Jesus as God is to claim a different Jesus, right? Which I, d- I want to say I understand that, and I, am, I used to have a very similar understanding. But after giving it some thought, I believe it's inaccurate, Okay. Someone can misunderstand uh, something about someone's nature and still know them, right? Like, I don't have to know everything about your nature to say I know Brian. Yeah. So um, does someone have to know my nature in order to claim that they know me? I don't think so, let alone something as complicated as an eternal God.
1: You might need to know their name, but... You might need to know their name.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, sometimes we take for granted church history okay and we do we take it and and uh as we take uh, for granted church history and their interpretations many people uh even quote bible verses thinking that it proves something like the trinity when it really doesn't like Marlon does here with john chapter 8 as someone who has personally worked with jehovah's witnesses and have helped bring you bring them to uh, an understanding of the Trinity, I can tell you that many Christians would have no clue how to defend the Trinity when they knock when a, when a J-dub knocks on their door, which is why many Christians convert to Jehovah's Witnesses. Their church isn't growing on its own, guys, okay? Mm-hmm. Because their arguments are actually more convincing than you might think, especially if all you point to are general claims of something like, I am the bread of life, and you think that says, I am that I am. Saying I am the bread of life is a little bit different or saying or hearing a phrase like I am he or um, confess him as Lord. These are not strong deity claims. And if that's all we really had, no one today would be a Trinitarian. Okay, John one is a far stronger place to go to or Timothy's words when he said, again, like my Lord and my God or in revelation, as mentioned before, where Jesus is worshipped as such a high position. Um, Because I want to make sure I mention this. Lord in the Greek is Kyrios. Kyrios simply means lord, authority, master, if you will. We see uh, a devil. You have that same title. We see uh, different people who are just normal
1: prophets and whatnot called lord as well. It's merely a position of authority. And I would add, too, that I think it's much harder for us to make Jesus Lord of our lives than to comprehend Jesus as God. I think if we really say that you have to believe Jesus is Lord, that means Lord of you, Lord of your life, Lord of your actions. And there's a lot of Christians that actually don't believe that. Christians I'm using as just in name. There's a lot of people that claim Christianity that don't actually make Jesus Lord of their life. They don't actually believe that. They believe they're Lord of their own lives. And but they would but if you ask them, Oh yeah, Jesus is God So I, I, I think there's actually a higher bar with the Lordship than just saying Jesus is God. And then again if you say you're saying that's the threshold of Jesus is God, then exactly what form of Jesus being God is required for that to be salvific. That's an interesting point. Actually
0: I didn't think about it that way. That's interesting. Um, now people are going to get mad that we're teaching lordship salvation. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> uh, no, not MacArthur rights. <laughs> <laughs> what about uneducated Christians, right? So most Christians, when asked to define the Trinity again, will explain something like Arianism or modalism. Both were heresies condemned by the church. Seriously, I actually encourage you play this game at some point and ask someone to define the Trinity. And you'll often hear these sorts of things. So if they don't affirm Christ's deity, they're not saved. Really? Then what level of Trinitarian understanding does one need in order to be saved? What level of, of, of knowledge and, and affirmation? Like, halfway there, Um, just the word Trinity? Like, if they believe in the Trinity, like, as in the general concept, but they have no idea anything about it? Did they just have to believe Jesus is God, or did they have to believe
1: the filioque as well? Like, or what about, I think it's a... a, a flesh that out there. Apollinarianism believed that Jesus had a human flesh, but it went 100% divine mind is that is that good enough Does that get you into the club what, what yeah what <laughs> level of his own nature of, of the
0: hypostatic union do you need to affirm or deny to be <laughs> saved uh like because one can also believe jesus is god uh, here's the other catch other people can believe that jesus is god but not a trinity uh i'm looking at you oneness pentecostals so <laughs> Now, think, now it gets even more confusing, right? Because they believe that he's God. They don't believe in a triune God. So <laughs> are they not saved? But they believe Jesus is God. Oh, but it has to be the Trinity now. So again, what level of Trinitarian understanding do I need to have? How, how much of epistemic certainty and how much should, do I need to be able to articulate this in order for you to even acknowledge that they're saved?
1: which I think the, shows that this is a very, very, very important and fundamental topic to Christianity. And we I think we have to come to a true understanding of this, um, but I don't think we have to come to a true understanding of it at the point of salvation. I think there's it just doesn't seem like Scripture has that threshold spelled out.
0: And I think as someone is a Christian, generally speaking, generally, they're going to study and they're going to mature in their understanding of God. So we might see that change. Right. But maybe right off the bat, they don't have that. In fact, our friend who was a J Dub, we've mentioned this before. When you introduced me to him, he had left the Jehovah's Witness Church mm-hmm. because he thought that they were legalistic. He thought that they were teaching works-based salvation. And he started seeing more and more in scripture that it wasn't about what you did, it was about your faith and your faith impacts your faithfulness. So it's your faith impacts your works, not your works impact your faith, which helps you be saved. Yeah. So he left because he was like, salvation is by faith. And he thought all the other gar- stuff was garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He didn't believe the Trinity, but yeah. I do believe he was saved at that point because he started realizing his works were filthy rags. Yeah. And so he's like, Nope, but I just don't think that this is accurate because he's only taught one way to view the Bible. He was taught one lens to read. And then he, especially was still using the, the their Bible, oh, yeah. their <laughs> translation. So it took us a while to work our way through it. Um, it took hours of work and, days of messaging each other mm-hmm. and it allowed and us a lot to, of scripture
1: <laughs> yes and allowed
0: us to flesh that out for him a little bit because he was trying to gain a better understanding does that mean he wasn't saved until he acknowledged that that night around midnight does that mean he wasn't saved or was it he was saved because he acknowledged salvation through faith and the death burial and resurrection of jesus and that over time he was brought into sanctification to un- a greater understanding
1: especially if you believe in regeneration before faith, you have a real problem with him wrestling with scripture in a very accurate way while not being regenerated supposedly. (laughs) Because, you know, he can't understand the gospel. The things
0: (laughs) of God are a mystery and impossible for the natural man to know. Um, Let's rip that out of context and not exegete that properly. Also, what about children? Uh, What level of understanding do they need? What if special needs kids Uh, If affirming or understanding the Trinity is a gatekeeper to salvation, how can we say children are saved with any confidence, as most children aren't even able to explain it, let alone adults? If I were a missionary, this is, here's a fun hypothetical for you to wrestle. If I were a missionary, smuggled Bibles into a hostile island country, and I came back 10 years later and found that they had all converted to Christianity due to the Bibles I smuggled in, but they didn't believe in the Trinity, they are, are they now not Christian? because they just read it and they understood the word, uh, the, the phrase son of God as something literal, that he was actually God's son, which is why Mary got pregnant. And that they believed uh, Kyrios simply meant he was their Lord and master, not necessarily their God. Does that mean they're not saved? Um, and is, they might even believe that um, he is the, as Lord, um, the way he's a master is just, he's the ultimate high priest who is Lord over all, but God the Father is the King of all. Are they less Christian? And when I say less Christian, again, I mean less saved because that's all it takes to be a Christian is to be saved, right, first. So then comes the other objection I hear, and I want to make sure I represent this. There's a difference, like, oh, I do have that in here, that there's a difference between misunderstanding and outright denying. I understand and I am sympathetic to this view because outright, outright deny almost seems offensive for us Christians, right? Um, however, it creates more problems as it would seem that they're saved beforehand. So like, let me get this straight. So they're saved beforehand, right? Um, they, But they misunderstand, so they're saved. And then when you show them the Trinity and they, oh, okay, I get it now. I accept that. Now they're saved. They're still <laughs> saved. But if afterwards they go, no, I don't think that's accurate, suddenly they're not saved. So they went from being saved to not saved? Or they, oh, it wasn't a true conversion because we just like the no true Scotsman
1: fallacy. You see where this gets dicey? And like if you do believe you can lose your salvation, you think, okay, well, they're they've rejected this understanding of Jesus that they should, and that's they're blaspheming against Jesus. But actually Jesus says that blaspheme against the son will be forgiven. Right.
0: <laughs> Straight up. Blaspheme the son will be forgiven, but blaspheme the Holy Spirit will not. Um, I find that to be a very interesting passage, right? I mean, it just kind of goes like, so you can blaspheme him, right? I'm not saying you should <laughs> by any <laughs> means,
1: but... There you go, sending Unitarians to hell again, Will, yep, just I, like he said. what I do.
0: <laughs> um, however, it creates more problems I think it would seem, I, I, again. So, the, again, um, it is a difficult doctrine. And so are they no longer saved? Were they not saved in the first place? And where in the heck is that requirement in Scripture? After all, the Trinity is a deduction of scriptural data. It is not an explicit statement. In fact, we use that regularly, right? Like, well, show me that in the Bible. We go, okay, well, show me Trinity in the Bible. Like, it's like a, a Christian cl- clapback, right? Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's not specifically stated in Scripture doesn't mean it can't be deduced from Scripture. So somebody might make just make improper deductions. Does that mean that they are not saved? We're talking about deductions here. We're not talking about plain statements, okay? And Jesus even purposely spoke in parables and riddles and was purposely a little bit... He did that on purpose. He even says he does it on purpose. (laughs) Um, So for people to misunderstand that should be a surprise. Um, All right. Romans uh, 10... Nine through uh, nine through ten says this is what is required for salvation. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, remember, Master, not necessarily God, that Jesus is Master, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For the heart, with the heart, one uh, one believes and is justified, and with the mouth, one confesses and is saved. Ephesians four four through six. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, Kyrios, which is Jesus, as we always refers to him as Lord, almost exclusively. Um, I should say exclusively. Someone's going to call me on that because like, no, they call him Son of Man and other things. But they call him Lord a lot, okay? Psh, there, there. Now, now everyone can stop <laughs> freaking out because they're already freaking out. I can already hear the shrieking. Um, it says one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. One God, Father of all. And then Jesus, the Lord, is mentioned a few beforehand. Can you see how uh, that can be taken as their separate beings entirely? Um, however, it just seems to say that if we acknowledge that there's one Lord and one God, we're saved. So if we have one Master and one God who is Father of all. Um, then you're part of the the body of Christ. Acts 16:30 to 31. Then he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. I'm not gonna read Acts 2 right now for the sake of time, but notice the speech is given. Never declare uh, a deity claim for, to people uh, when uh, these gospel uh, presentations are given, like in Acts chapter two.
1: They clearly didn't think it was a foundational idea and they didn't care about studying scripture. <laughs> uh, according
0: to Marlon, allegedly. Um, <laughs> Notice the speech does not include a deity claim of salvation in Acts chapter 2. Also, read Acts chapter 10 and 15 to read about conversions uh, and what happens there. So anyway, when you hear your pastor, here's another question to ask. When you hear your pastor give the gospel, do they explain the Trinity each and every time? Or do they talk about how God sent his son to die for your sins? And if you just repent and believe in him, you will be saved. Typically, it's that, right? It's the latter. So to say someone can't reject the Trinity, uh, can't reject the Trinity doctrine and be saved is to make most gospel presentations an utter lie. Because the way, the way we say you will be saved, then swing in and say, but in order to truly be saved, you must affirm these other doctrines. If not, you're definitely not saved.
1: I forgot one critical detail that won't allow you to be saved if you don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But remember, it's okay if they're ignorant of it. They just can't deny it. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, the that, that different levels for self, whatever. Anyway. And people accuse us of workspace salvation, by the way. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're saying you have to affirm these specific things and have exactly this intellectual understanding to be saved. Um, and the only intellectual understanding is really to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection.
1: Now, now I will say this: I think there is a slight distinction I would put between denial and ignorance, be, because I would say ignorance is never heard the Trinity, and denial is heard it and rejected it. Okay, those would be in different categories. Right. But if we still, if we still come to the foundational understanding that. You didn't need it to be saved. You didn't need it to be saved. Then we're just talking about in the realm of sanctification and trying to come to the fullness of understanding of Scripture. it really comes
0: down, yeah, it becomes a sanctification topic, not a justification topic, Mm -hmm. if we can use that uh, Protestant distinction there. I believe God can over, and here's, I sincerely believe that God can overlook people's intellectual misunderstandings, shortcomings, or inabilities in order to save those who have a childlike faith in the death, burial, or resurrection for sins. Not everyone agrees with me on this, okay, and that's fine. But also, stop pretending like I'm attacking the Trinity. That Brian is saying it's no big deal, and that there's all these other that we don't think it's important. We got to stop pretending that and stop misrepresenting us. We have again a four-part series defending the, tradition, uh, the Trinity. And Again, uh Action is bad. I want to redo them. <laughs> I'm just not willing. And I, I'm just not. I'm just not willing to kick people out of the kingdom for being a Unitarian or Oneness or Arian. However, questions. However, these questions are enough, at least in my mind, the ones that we've, I have presented here, are enough to provide me doubt, right? Like, it's that, I can't gatekeep that. I'm just like, I'm not comfortable with that because then I have to start asking what levels of this. What level of that? How, how do we navigate these situations? Was that person ever saved? Did they just relinquish their salvation? Did they not just over this issue? Um, is that really what those passages are even saying? Um, it creates issue for me. I, I'm not comfortable with kicking people out of the kingdom for that. So also, one must understand the Trinity to be saved, if that's the case, then either the Western Church is going to hell or the Eastern Church is going to hell due to the filioque controversy. I'm just personally not convinced it is self, uh, necessary for salvation. For orthodoxy, sure. Like, to be considered an orthodox Christian, sure. Yeah. Cool. I'm with you on that. Like, this is orthodox Christianity, Trinitarianism. Cool. Uh, I'm more than well, willing to affirm that.
1: And if you can affirm that there's Christians who are orthodox and non-orthodox, I think you can see where we are coming from. Go, okay, yeah, there are some fundamental doctrinal differences that there are in the Christian church yet we're still calling them Christian
0: (laughs) yeah many Christians have beliefs that are unorthodox we do Um, and so do others Uh, I've even talked to Calvinists to say yeah beliefs that are unorthodox cool unorthodox doesn't mean unsaved (laughs) it just means not what is commonly the core of what we would consider Christianity's beliefs so um, anyway Uh, because I've never called people I've never called these people orthodox and Unitarians and whatnot wouldn't call themselves orthodox most likely and I don't so I usually say I'm paleo orthodox because I uh, affirm the first uh, like 500 years and first five creeds essentially of the church Um, I say I'm paleo orthodox regularly and I affirm the earliest creeds of the church that's the thing like the Nicene Creed the the Apostles Creed things like that it's like yeah I'm mere Christianity over here okay Um, So all this aside, I can understand why people disagree with us here, though. I understand that. But the issue is far more complex for, I think, us to comfortably condemn others outright. Um, And I think it creates problems with salvation and epistemology, epistemology
1: that I'm just really not comfortable with doing. Does that make sense, Brian? Yeah. And feel free to, if you think that we missed something... And you go, no, here is the scripture right here that says, this is what you must know to be saved, and it includes Jesus as God. I am more than one to look at that and change my mind. I haven't seen it yet, but maybe I missed something. So, but that's, that's the threshold that we're trying to find. Mm-hmm. What does scripture plainly state as necessity for salvation? And there's also the category of what else does scripture talk about that's plainly evident.
0: Correct. And then real fast here, um, this is why, again, the early church really focused on him being a human um, to fight against the Gnostics and the Docetists. I want you guys to look that up. okay? Although there is a slight, and again, there is a slight irony to me that people get upset for us by trying to unite the divided body by being more ecumenical in various difficult areas.
1: We literally said this is what we're trying to do. <laughs> our,
0: our, our mission is to try to destroy the tribal, like get rid of the tribalism and just create open dialogue. Maybe that means that we're a little too accepting. I think maybe you guys are a little too narrow. So, um, And I think while we have progressivism and postmodernism and all this other garbage that is directly challenging uh, what God said is, um, these, these things that question the very uh, nature of reality, While we're sitting there saying all these people aren't saved and we're kicking people out of the kingdom left and right, um, really, we should be united with our conservative Christian brothers and sisters, even if we disagree against the tirade that is Satan. Now, real quick, I do think you and I, because what happens with this is what about Mormons and J-dubs, right? That's going to come up. So, well, if that's the case, then Mormons and J-dubs are saved because they believe in the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. However, first off, Mormons have their own book and everything that redefines the other book It is very different. Um, Mormons, they literally redefine everything. So they redefine everything from God the Father to the Son, and they redefine it so much that it's not anything close to the biblical definitions. It is totally removed from those. So they don't just disagree on how one defines his nature or what level of divinity he has, but they literally teach that they were both men and God, and he himself ascended to godhood. It's essentially paganism without people getting their own planets and then you become your own God and ascend and that you get to have all these women that you get to populate with children. It's very fleshly. It is essentially paganism with biblical titles. It is heresy and is entirely a false religion. It is not the same category as a debate that took place in the early church amongst faithful followers. This is a totally redefined, this is literally its own system using Abrahamic like language. Does that make sense? Like Abraham. Yeah, I think religion.
1: they're 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 wrong on the repentance side. They're wrong on the definition of sin. So therefore, they can't truly repent. That's how I would look at it. But, well,
0: uh, yeah, but they also believe that God is literally a man mm-hmm. that ascended to godhood. Jehovah's what? So I do not believe that they. I will say this: I do not believe Mormons are saved, due to these very reasons. Jehovah's Witnesses, they are closer to Arianism, but they believe that Jesus is the archangel Michael. So they also believe uh, that works save them, which is a big problem because it's a works-based salvation, not a faith-based uh, salvation. They believe water baptism is vital to earning one's salvation. Many of their beliefs are not found in the early church either, especially the identity of Jesus as Michael. This is essentially this essentially turns Jesus into a powerful angel, not even the actual son of God, as an Arianism, or the full. God in fully man um, as in Trinitarianism. So they also do not believe he, and this is the big one for me, this is why I do not believe Jehovah's Witnesses are saved. They do not believe he resurrected bodily. They believe he resurrected spiritually um, and revealed himself in spirit. So if you don't have a bodily resurrection, you don't have a destruction of death. Yeah. That's, remember everything about the early church, was he was fully man and resurrected as a man. This is, uh, he is a body.
1: Yeah, and therefore, you don't really believe that the Messiah can truly save you, mind, body, and spirit. It's just you get a clone, a copy of you in heaven. Right. So, this (laughs) I don't care about the copy of me. (laughs) This is directly, and this is directly
0: against Scripture, right? The Scripture makes it very clear he's the Son of Man, that he resurrected in a body. So, they believe in a gospel that is twisted, distorted, and not the same. Could God maybe extend some grace to some that were just deceived growing up and were raised in this cult? Maybe. Uh, God will judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, after all.
1: Well, yeah, well, even our our friend, if you would have stayed in the Jehovah's Witness Church but had come to a a new understanding of faith and Jesus and the gospel, then, yeah, sure, even staying in the Jehovah's Witness Church. So, uh,
0: although I don't know how you could stay. Ugh.
1: Anyway. Yeah, but there's a lot of people that stay in church well, that don't believe what, what, they, what they teach. Right.
0: I would say it's possible. I wouldn't say it's impossible, but I would say it's very unlikely because yeah. it is so twisted and it's unrecognizable. And to believe, and I will say this, to believe that Jesus did not rise bodily, I think, does disqualify someone from salvation because that is literally a requirement that is continually poured out. Right? Yeah. Am I crazy on that one? No. Okay. So I think that's again, at
1: least what we're talking about is in scripture saying that that's as part of the, the, the requirements for salvation, not just another truth. That's that's part of the New Testament. Exactly. So um, point
0: is, with all this is um, to sit there and say that, like, for me to believe that oneness Pentecostals uh, can be saved Christians or Unitarians can be saved Christians. Um, it's not saying it's no big deal. But it's also not saying um, that Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons suddenly are saved because they have a completely redefined everything. Also, even the Unitarian he plays, go to the video or the original video and check it out if you want. Even the video of the Unitarian, I know Unitarians who would disagree with him. Like, I don't think he picked like the best of the best in the Unitarian world. Um, so my, look, and again, as we close up shop here, you don't have to agree with me but you can stop pretending like I don't have good reasons that you don't have good reasons. Yeah. And that we haven't thought about this or that we deny the Trinity <laughs> or that we deny the Trinity or we de- that we don't think it's a big deal. We do think it's a big deal. It's, but the wording of the statement and L. Mueller statement of the basically is that the, it'll become the eventual denial. I thought eventual was not correct.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I thought that they should have clarified with Orthodox Christianity instead. And also, I don't believe that the understanding of the Trinity, or even affirming the Trinity, is necessary for salvation because I don't think that's what Scripture says. So, and again, you don't have to agree with me. Um, it's just one of those things where I'm like, I am not comfortable kicking people out of the kingdom for it. So.
1: Yeah, we had a hundred other issues with that statement of faith beyond that. That's that's just the the soundbite that got clipped out because they felt that was the best way. Now I might be putting words in their mouth, but it feels like that's, they felt that was the best way to show why they separated from us was, see, look at all these crazy things that they say. Right. But we had not ever stated that (laughs) until that video, which we'd already been kicked out. (laughs) Right. So,
0: and I, and keep in mind, I made a passerby quick comment on that. Like, Mm -hmm. and you were quickly like, yeah, what about kids and stuff? Like, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but we'll move on. Like we weren't going to sit there and dig into that for too long. Yeah. And, uh, I remember after what else blew up, it's like, geez, I even said that at all because this is getting annoying at this point. Um, but thanks to Marlon's recent video, it annoyed me enough to where I figured I should probably do a response to this so that way people can at least go, well, at least will doesn't come off completely crazy. And Marlon, I'm not, I don't really have hard feelings against you. Um, I spoke very bluntly here, but it's just because the accusations are tired. The talking points are tiring and it's not a fair representation of what I actually believe or what I actually think. And very few people have actually had the decency to ask me because but the people who have said the way I worded it, it did not sound like I was saying what I'm being, I've been accused of saying. Um, So people thought that they let me clarify. And then when I clarify, people go, I get what you're saying here. I'm like, thank you. Um, It's just that we Christians take the Trinity so seriously and we love the Trinity as we should, (laughs) but it just doesn't mean that it is necessarily required 100% for salvation. Um, And if you say that it's an exception sometimes but not all the time, um, I just don't find that a very good answer. I don't find it a good answer that, to say that someone's truly say that they're going to naturally affirm it. Um, th- there's also the issue of Trinitarians who were Trinitarians for 30, 40 years and then later on uh, became Unitarian because they just thought that was a better representation of the scriptural data. And I also know Christians who later on became more Aryans uh, because like, I think it's a better description of the biblical data. Um, Doesn't mean we- I agree. But it doesn't mean that they are suddenly, Did they suddenly lose their salvation or were they just never saved to begin with.
1: Did they fail the perseverance of the saints. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And every single, every single person, if you believe that is supposed to be saved was elect before the beginning of time, then there's, you said you were trying to protect the church. And I forget exactly the statement you said about Unitarians and listening to will. But if you believe that election is totally God and, it has nothing to do with how men act or what they believe they're they're just given faith, then it doesn't actually matter what we say. It doesn't. For the the total number of elect people will not change. In plus or pra- minus. In all practicality, it has no bearing on reality. We're not Calvinists, but I'm just saying from that perspective, there actually shouldn't be a concern from you. Besides, I understand there's if you think you're trying to rip re- rebut false teachers like scripture says to do but why does scripture say to do that
0: (laughs) unless someone can change their mind
1: yeah anyway um that was fun i digress
0: i hope this was helpful to help at least clarify some people because some people i think were were confused that follow our channel regularly that were confused by our statements too other people do know and other people like i totally get what he's saying there um, so this is going to serve as our general response to those accusations. So when we see it, we'll post this video, call it a day. Sorry, Marlon, you're going to drag along with us, but you did the video. Um, and I thought honestly that we were like, fine. And then you did this video. Now I'm like, what the heck, bro? Like I've done a rebuttal against you. Now I have to like, um, so anyhow, if you guys haven't already, like and subscribe to The Church like, of Get uh If you want go subscribe to The Gospel Truth uh, with Marlon Wilson. He primarily hosts debates, so you can see debates there, um, as we are still trying to get Black Sheep Theology's debate platform rolling, too. So anyway,
1: uh, any, thought, any more comments, Brian? Nope. Uh, thanks for watching, and uh, we look forward to the comment section after Yeah, this. <laughs> this is going to be a
0: dumpster fire. So y'all
1: take care. God bless, you filthy heretics.